Jay Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Good morning, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and uh, Pearly is with me here. And uh, meet... Good morning to you. Um, Welcome to the show. We format our show just like a round of golf, and this is the On the Range segment. And the On the Range segment is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Okay. Uh, Reach out to us on our social media. Social media is extremely important to Pearlie. That's why we keep doing this. So uh, Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Um, Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing. And... Uh, LinkedIn is at Jay Delsing, and Instagram is kind of a mystery. So uh, let's get into the show today. Um, we've got a really um, interesting interview with a friend of mine named Dan Mason. Dan's from Charlotte. He's uh, been in the sports world and the finance world his whole life. He's done a lot of broadcasting and uh, uh, did an interesting article and interview with Brandel Chambly. So uh, stay tuned for that. But, um, you know, this week... The PGA Tour revi- revamped schedule came out. Looks like we are going to open the year up without spectators down at the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth. Classical golf course, Colonial Country Club. And, um, you know, I feel like this is really symbolic in a way, uh, to me at least. I am just absolutely going stir-crazy. Uh, I I feel like I'm living someone else's life or I just feel like I'm kind of out of my own skin. There's a lot of different ways to try to describe what is actually going on. But I just can't wait to have something that I can hold on to that r- reminds me of, you know, a part of that life that we used to have. And sports is such a huge part of that for me. And it may not be for you, but to have golf come back, and um, uh, I just think it, uh, it's, it's really, really super important. And uh, I applaud the staff in Jacksonville. Jay Monahan and the staff, they're, they're very thoughtful, very considered people. I know they're going to get this right. There's so much that's going to go into this, folks, between locker room etiquette. Is there going to be a locker room? How is, how is the TV compound going to be run? Because that is... I've been in those facilities before. They're huge and they're confined. And you've got all these. You're still going to need the same amount of folks to run the television now, even though there won't be any spectators, as you would with spectators. So there's going to be a hell of a lot of challenges. But personally, I'm just glad that uh, this is going to, that golf is coming back. We're talking about the second week of June. And again, it's down at Fort Worth. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's any sort of pushback from uh, the players uh, about, you know, maybe not playing it. Um, I, I, I'm really not sure what to expect. I know for sure that they are all extremely anxious to get going, but at what cost, you know, certain people, especially some of the players from different cultures may not feel quite as certain as some of um, the U S players. So, the schedule is going to go from uh, from Texas down to Fort Worth, and then they're going to go to Heritage, which is typically the week after Augusta. Uh, then the, the last week of June, they go up to uh, Hartford and then swing through the Midwest in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The John Deere Classic keeps its original date, which is great to see my friends there at Quad Cities. The Memorial Tournament has moved back about six weeks, so they're going to be in Columbus, Ohio, t- July 13th through 19th. And then up to Minneapolis for the 3M. I guess one of the other noteworthy things that I want to talk about is the PGA Championship, which is going to be held the first week. It's scheduled to be held the first week in August out in California at Harding Park. And so the the governor of California has made a set of no uncertain terms that he's not signing off on, on ga- crowds and gatherings and things like that. So there is a contingency plan for the first major to be played without spectators on August 9th, but that's a long way off. Hopefully there'll be some, some things that are uh, 
going to happen between now and then that are going to significantly make this easier and better and safer for us all. So I keep washing my hands. There's very little skin left on my hands. I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I can to follow these rules, and I, I hope you are too. And I hope you're keeping your family safe and healthy, and we got to stay through this, stay, stay true to this through a little bit longer time to make sure that we save as many people as we can. Well, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Don't go anywhere because I've got this interview with Dan Mason coming back on the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring professional golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at beautiful Norwood Hills Country Club. Legends like Ernie Els, Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, and many more will be in St. Louis. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. That's Ascension Charity classic.com are you tired of forking out the big money all those dollars on golf balls well we finally have an option for you let us introduce you to sniper brand golf balls this brand new product is a surlin covered ball that is just great to play it's long off the driver it's accurate with the irons and importantly it's soft around the green and you know what the best part is it's just $23.99 for a dozen. That's right, $23.99, and a portion of every sale goes back to a military or law enforcement agency. Find Sniper Brand online at thesniperbrand.com. Plus, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and check out their entire line of golf products on their website, thesniperbrand.com. And don't forget to check out the Sniper Brand logo. You're going to love it. I want to take a minute to tell you about a law firm that has been with me since the inception of the show. I'm talking about Doster, Olam, and Boyle. The firm was started in 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle. These are three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm has talented additional roster of professionals with decades of experience to help you achieve your goals in whatever situation you find yourself in. The firm was founded on the shared goals that success has to be measured by client and community satisfaction, not just profits for the partners. These guys are involved in the community, they live in the community, and they care about the community. Since its founding in 2015, Dr. Olin and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with over a billion dollars in combined value. Their areas of practice will overlap, and the firm's attorneys will take their time to get to know you and your situation so that they can guide you and point you in the direction that you need to go. Dr. Ullman Boyle, extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. We're all experiencing very trying times right now, but hopefully we can reflect a little bit on the things that matter the most to us, like family and community. At St. Louis Bank, we want to wish you and your family safety and good health. We're a part of this community, and we are all in this together. In such uncertain financial times, you've probably never needed your bank to step up and support you more. We know, we hear you, and we are here for you. Our banking experts are doing everything they can to help. We're offering a skip a payment to all consumer accounts for mortgage loans and home equity line of credits. We're offering payment modifications with up to a six-month deferral. Our commercial and SBA loans will be handled on a case-by-case basis to provide the best relief for each unique situation. We understand that communication and speed are essential during this critical time. Get in touch with your commercial banking officer to take advantage of this program. If you'd like to speak with us, you can call 314-851-6200. We are going to move through this hardship, and we're going to do it together. St. Louis Bank, here for you when you need us today and in brighter days ahead. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Uh, I got John Perlis here with me, and we are headed to the front nine, which is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Can't wait for that. Um, Also got to give a shout-out to my friends Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. When I was playing, Pearl, I used to see – we used to talk about this with Rotella a lot. I would see – in my mind, I would see a shot. And Rotella would always talk about kind of painting that shot and trying to recreate it. At Donahue Painting and Refinishing, you have that image for your home, 
they'll help you make that happen. It's uh, they're they're high quality. They have really professional people there, and they're they're helping support the show. So we appreciate them, and we also appreciate Whitmore Country Club. We uh, we give a shout out to Whitmore for for uh, they're the title sponsor again for the second year. Just terrific place uh, for you and your family to join. Ninety holes of golf at Whitmore. Um, there's no cart fees. Uh, there's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. And you get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville. This is a great family-centric place. 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, year-round social calendar, holiday parties, date nights, live music. For the kids, there's junior golf and junior tennis. Swim teams are available. And then you got to go in and see our buddy Bummer in the golf shop. He's the assistant pro. He does a great job. He runs golf leagues. Skins games, members tournaments. You can reach them at 636-926-9622. Getting to be that time of year. Let's get that rematch date between you and Bummer and get it right before the Ascension Tournament so you can get some uh, some competition under your belt. Yeah, that sounds great. That'll really Seriously, be fun. I love that. Yep, I love that. That'll, that'll really be fun. All right, we are going to Dan Mason's interview. Dan um, has done stuff for ESPN. He writes. He writes about the majors. He's um, been involved in all sorts of different sports. He lives down in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Yeah, so here in Raleigh, North Carolina, I've been here for 27 years. Uh, been involved in sports broadcasting uh, in one way, shape, or form for the last 35 years, uh, going back to when I was uh, a teenager, actually. Uh, I've been fortunate to, to keep my hand in the game and, um, you know, anything from doing uh, play-by-play in college basketball and football and uh, hosting uh, Carolina Hurricanes NHL uh, pre- and post-game hockey and had my uh, had a show here in Raleigh for some time on ESPN Radio. But the last couple of years, been been working with a really cool uh, website called sportsbroadcastjournal.com. Uh, I've been doing some work with them, writing uh, long-form articles in uh, on anything and everything sports broadcast journalism. Uh, it's a fascinating website for those who are you know, interested in the behind-the-scenes part of the business and or kind of seeing what your, your favorite sports personalities and who they are and what, what kind of makes them tick. Um, I've done a lot of uh, interviews of really anybody you can imagine in the sports world. Uh, I've concentrated some things in the golf world, as you know, uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I do a lot of grading of the majors. I want to talk about how the, the – the majors are presented by the, the broadcast networks, uh, what they've done well, what they haven't done so well, uh, grade the personalities on, on how they did. Um, try to be fair as, as can be, absolutely, because that's, that's what the, uh, the, the, you know, the reader wants to know. They want to know, hey, what, what's the good, the bad, the indifferent? And uh, for some reason, the, the networks at a high level have picked up on some of the work I've done, and, and there's, there's been a lot of inquiries. I can tell you that some – some positive, some not so positive, but uh, <laughs> they seem to be reading. So I guess that that's always a good thing. Well, I am so fortunate to have you on. And so let's talk a little bit about this world we live in. You talked about the broadcast journalism. I am so tired, Dan, when I turn the news, and I don't do it anymore, watching the news. I feel like I'm being dictated to. I feel like we've lost the art of reporting What's going on? And we're we're in the this odd time in America where these organizations are creating news and volleying the story for as long as they can keep it up. So, Jay, the the, the most overused word today in American journalism is the word narrative. I hate it. It drives me crazy that word. Everybody talks about, well, I'm going to talk about what the narrative is today and the narrative is tomorrow. See, we didn't grow up like that. We, we grew up with put the news on at 630, or maybe if you're in the Midwest, I guess 530. But put <laughs> the news on, and, and, and I want to understand the facts. Tell me the storylines. I want to know what happened, how it happened. Let me form my opinions. We live in a world now about uh, essentially it's, we live in a soundbite world. Uh, and if you listen to the news, whether it's just general news or sports, we live in a soundbite world. Everybody wants to get in their opinion. We live in a world of world of panels. It doesn't matter which side you lean to these days. We're in a world of panels. So you kind of know what that panel is going to say. So what's, what's driving my opinion? Well, it could be a bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, 
I would much prefer the facts. Give me the facts. That's what I try to do in, the, in, in my writing. Uh, I really try to understand the subjects that I'm dealing with. I try to get, but go behind the scenes of them quite a bit to understand what drives them. Um, and, you know, and that to me is what journalism should be about. Not so much what my particular opinion is. You can ask me questions all day long, but, I, but at the end of the day, I better start forming my, my opinions through some facts. Right, Dan. And so it's so interesting in the world of golf because you have a score. And there's a hell of a lot of different ways to shoot 72, as we both know. But your score speaks volumes. And if, you know, if I shot 70 and you shot 69, you win. And those are the facts. And, man, it's hard to, it's hard to sort your way through a network televised news story or a, news, uh, a newscast. Jay, the best part of Super Bowl week for me, it, it was it, it went overlooked by a lot of people. I don't know if you saw this, but oh, the Super Bowl, who gets introduced out there? They're introducing all these past greats, and they're introducing the top 100 that the NFL uh, chose this year. And, of course, one of the top 100 as a coach was Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick gets introduced. Remember what he did? I mean, he got booed, of course, because that's what happens when, he, when, when, you're, when you're Bill Belichick. He gets, he gets introduced, Bill Belichick, greatest coach, one of the great coaches of all time. What did Bill Belichick do when he got – and he getting booed in the stadium? All he did was put up his fingers, and he had all his Super Bowl rings on. He basically was saying scoreboard. Right. <laughs> there you have it. Right. You and I have had yeah. some really lively, fun discussions about U.S. Opens, about the USGA. Yeah. And, and just um, – Let's jump into this uh, Premier World Tour concept. Give me your thoughts on that. I'm going to love to share mine with you as well. Thanks. Yeah, I, this Premier World Tour that's popped up recently with just a ton of money on the, on the line for, you know, basically being put out there to say we can, you know, take you in as an alternative to the PGA Tour. So start considering this. And, of course, you had Phil Mickelson meet with some of the the head honchos recently while he was overseas because a lot of this money is coming out from, from overseas, I believe, out of Saudi Arabia. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I, I personally don't believe this thing will get itself off the ground for a variety of reasons. But ultimately, because of the world that I tend to live in, which is it'll all come back to television. And the PGA Tour, which has had such a rich and long history with the television networks, has been just a really good partner for the national television networks, whether it's CBS, NBC, um, ESPN, the Golf Channel, for sure, um, these are these are deep-seated connections that, that that have been out there for a lot of years. The money's only going to grow, um, and because of it, well, I'm sure we'll get into this day, but because of another you know iteration of Tiger here coming off of the health uh, you know scares that he's had, um, the purses are only going to grow. So I, I don't think that this will have a, a, a long-term chance of, of, of getting off the ground. Nah, and I'm with you, and it reminds me of 20, 25 years ago when Greg Norman and Rupert Mur Murdoch tried to put together this world tour concept, you know, where Greg um, kind of had a vendetta against Tim Fincham, and, you know, we all know that story, and it's old news. But um, what's interesting is what came out of that was the creation of the World Golf Championships. And that's a double-edged sword as well. There's a lot of good and probably more good than bad. But let's talk about that a little bit. And then we'll jump into what might be created from, you know, this Premier World League. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think the WGCs, which, which essentially was the, the output of the, from the Greg Norm, Tim, Tim, Greg Norm and Tim Finch and days, when, when they basically said, he wanted to run his own world tour, but the WGCs I think have really filled a great purpose on the PGA Tour. I think it keeps the, the the tour viewership, especially from a television standpoint, it keeps it very engaged because they are looked at as big events. See, people want to follow the, the, the events, obviously where Tiger's playing in, but when you have the top twenty-five, top thirty, top fifty in the world all together under one roof. You are going to get you're going to get an audience. There's no question about it. And those WGCs with their larger purpose, purses, uh, huge uh, world ranking points, everything that goes along with them, I think serve a great purpose. But just as important, though, just as important is the fact that these opposite field events that happen during the WGC weeks fill another void 
for those players that are left out of those events. They're able to collect FedEx Cup points. They're able to collect big dollars, you know, towards the top 125. So it, it, it just, to me, it, it's, it's, it's been great on both ends, the WGCs. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, front nine. Stay tuned. We're going to have more from Dan Mason. And uh, that'll be coming your way on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The 100,000-watt blowtorch for St. Louis sports. Driven by Auto Centers Nissan. Home of the 30-day return. WXOX and WXOS HD1. East St. Louis. 101 ESPN. Are you in the market for some new clubs? Maybe a bag and the latest style of sweet new shoes. Is this the year you decide to stop listening to your buddy's advice and get some real golf instruction? If any of these appeal to you, then go to Pro-Am Golf today. Pro-Am Golf has all the latest gear from all the major manufacturers. Call Steve today at 314-781-7775 and schedule a lesson with Tom DeGrand. Tom is the best. He's been in the game for over 50 years, so you take that knowledge along with their state-of-the-art equipment, and boom, your game will get a whole lot better. Visit them at ProMGolfUSA.com. Everyone is looking for the extra edge, and Jay Delsing is digging deep to find it. It's the leading edge on Golf with Jay Delsing. I am with Clint Peters, who is the owner of Sniper Brand Golf here on the Leading Edge segment. Clint, thanks so much for joining me today. And I got to tell you, man, I love your logo. Hey, thanks, Jay. I appreciate uh, the chance to hop on the show. And and, uh, thanks. We get a lot of comments on the logo. Tell us a little bit about your product. We have uh, putters. We have golf balls. Um, Actually, our own golf ball line. Um, We have golf gloves. We have uh, some hats. We've got some polo shirts coming. Uh, we've got some um, pretty cool, um, I guess you'd say, crosshair golf ball, kind of intertwined golf ball markers as well. Um, and um, that's pretty much it at this moment. We're adding more stuff all the time. Yeah, so you mentioned the crosshairs, and that's your logo, and that's the thing that really caught my eye. Uh, Clint, where can our listeners uh, find this? Where can we see it? Where can we buy it? How can we get in touch with you? Yeah, my website is thesniperbrand.com, or you can find us on uh, Instagram at sniperbrandgolf. Facebook page is sniperbrandgolf, and Twitter is just sniperbrand. That's fantastic, and I know you're going to be down at the PGA uh, Merchandise Show, so if anyone uh, gets a look at um, uh, sees that logo, they need to come up and say hello. That's right, yeah. So, Clint, tell us a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing. I know you're a Midwestern guy. I know you haven't been in the golf business your whole life, but I do know you love golf. Yeah, I've played golf since um, basically as long as I can remember and got to the point where I was you know, kind of a scratch player. And um, I've been in sales and management and things for the last couple of decades and had an opportunity to, um, I guess, take over um, Sniper and and did that for a few different reasons one it's kind of cool as a golfer to you know have your own company be in in control of uh product development and you know testing out products and different things but the second is um with sniper and it's kind of intertwined with the logo and the brand and everything um we donate a percentage of all of our sales to military and first responder charities and somebody um if it's an event or or a large uh account or or something along those lines um and somebody would purchase from us we can actually direct our our donations to whatever charity somebody would want and if it's just somebody who buys a simple ball marker or uh, you know dozen golf balls or something like that we've got some other charities that we support on a continuing basis so, Clint, that's really cool. What made you, what pushed you in that direction? What's the impetus of that, that donation component? Um, you know, it, it, getting involved in golf is one thing, but um, it, it's really cool if you can, I guess, contribute back in a way as well. And I thought, um, you know, the, the golf satisfies my passion for that, but if I could utilize that to make a difference in, in other things, um, you know, that would be good as well. So it, it just sort of was a, a good combination when I when I was looking at the company um, and we, we have a little make your mark campaign um, where basically if somebody wants to buy just a simple golf ball marker to, you know, use on the greens or even just carry in your pocket. Um, you know, we, we support the military and, and first responder charities, like I mentioned, just from, you know, sales of a simple, you know, nine, $10 marker. Oh, Clint, that is fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you jumping on the show and the Leading Edge segment with me. This is Clint Peters. He is the founder of Sniper Brand Golf. Uh, check him out on the web and look at his cool logo. 
USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs. If you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. USA Mortgage has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. I'd like to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing, on 101 ESPN. Whitmore has been a great partner as I enter my second year. If you are considering a great place for your family to hang out, you've got to go over to Whitmore Country Club. Go in a golf shop, see my friend Bummer. He'll tell you all you need to know about the kids' club, the golf, the tennis. Uh, They've got uh, swim teams and leagues. There's anything you and your family could want at Whitmore Country Club. Visit them at WhitmoreGolf.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by St. Louis Bank. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. I am your host, Jay. I got Pearly May here with me, and um, we are going to the rest of the Dan Mason interview. Dan is uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, writes for uh, uh, writes about the majors and has been involved in sports and golf uh, all his entire life. So I hope you enjoy the, uh, the remainder of that interview. I was one of those players that benefited quite a bit from those opposite field events. You know, when I uh, I, I didn't um, I didn't get in any of those, and it was a, a great opportunity to go play play for a hell of a lot of money and. Um, you know, to yeah. work on your game and to try to enhance your career. One of the things that happened to me, Dan, when I was on tour is I was on the player advisory council for, oh, probably 18 of my 25 years. And um, these things kind of ran across <clears throat> uh, this creation of these things. And we started, you know, trying to figure out the yays and nays. And, you know, one of the things I said to Fincham at the time was like, what are we going to do about access? Because this is going to cause a real problem when a young guy from, say, Great Britain or from Ireland or from anywhere other than the U.S. Uh, gets invited to one of these tournaments, has a great finish, and because the purse is so high, is going to be granted immediate access to our tour without going through the system. Where a U.S. player is not, you know, that's been playing in college has no world uh, ranking points and not even eligible for those events. And so it really didn't do any favors for the U.S. player. But in the at the end of the day, I still love the idea of the best players playing against one another. I think so. I, I, I think that the tour has tried to put some at least some policies in place, not only to bring t- together the best players, but there is some insistence from what I can see, Jay, that – there is a requirement, obviously, of how many tour events that, that these guys have to play each year. Not only that, but playing different tour events from time to time as well is also a requirement for, for players these days. Um, so when they're, they're putting together their schedules, you know, that, you know, for example, you'll, you'll see occasionally Tiger will have to tee it up somewhere differently. Um, you don't see it a ton, but I, I think we just went through that over the last few years. Uh, Jordan Spieth was, you know, you know, he missed the, you know, missed the. Uh, the required number of events you're supposed to play in, and you know he worked out a deal with the tour where okay, I'll end up playing this event next year. So that only that that can help fields as well. Um, but I think that's that's the one thing that the PGA Tour has to be very conscientious of, especially uh, especially with this condensed schedule that we have out there on the tour right now. Because there's you know we've got the majors coming up, bam, 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 and then before you know it, you know the season is over, and here we are, we're into the FedEx Cup season. And then, okay, we've got a few weeks off, and right away we're, we're into the wraparound season, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. I just think that we have to be very conscientious of the, the tour overload, almost. And that, and that's, a, I think it's got to be a concern of players, especially with the Olympics these days being also thrown in there. 
Um, there's a lot being thrown at these players. There's no question about it. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting too is that on the both positive and negative side is with the increase, you know, with the the advent of the World Golf Championships and the high purses, you know, all the other purses have also been raised as well. That helps everyone. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the other negative offshoots of that, Dan, was that it's created a tier system within the tour and the tournaments itself. So think of it this way. You have the four majors, and they're always going to be the biggest and, and the most relevant, and they should be. Then you have the, the, the uh, Players' Championship, which was you know, uh, always considered kind of the fifth major, so to speak, but never in that same class. You have the World Golf Championships. You have the FedEx Cup Playoffs. You have you know, Arnold's Tournament, which is an invitational. Jack's Tournament, Memorial's an invitational. And then you have our poor friends like Shell, down at the Shell Houston Open, who has been a phenomenal partner of not only the PGA Tour, but the PGA of America when the two entities were one back in, you know, the 60s. And now they're kind of left as a looked at as a third-tier event, which is really tough to fade to someone that's a, that's a living in Houston. Yeah, it, it surely is. And, and, you know, we all remember the, the wonderful world of golf, which, you know, like you said, such a great partner over the years. You know, one of the byproducts and unfortunately casualties of the system right of, of the condensed PGA tour schedule is, is exactly like you said, it's the Houston opens of the world. Quite frankly, it's even the, 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 the Florida swing to a certain degree. Uh, it gets the short end of the stick to a certain degree. Sometimes now uh, we know what happened to some of the tournaments there um, and, and, the, and the fields that have been a little bit lacking from time to time. But you know, what's interesting it, where as much as it hurts some tournaments, there are other tournaments that maybe uh, weren't as prominent or hadn't been as prominent now that have kind of moved up their fortunes a little bit. Just for example, okay, here in North Carolina, one of the most important tournaments of the year has suddenly become the Wyndham. The Wyndham's one of the is the last tournament before the FedEx uh, Cup playoffs start, and that's the tournament that all the guys try to you know figure out their positioning if they're in the back end of the top 125. Uh, that tournament. Sometimes you get some guys who hadn't been playing so well in the top 30 and they want to, you know, maybe have their game a little bit more razor sharp. So they end up attracting a little bit better field. So it kind of works both ways. But there are tournaments, especially, I think, with the condensed major schedule that have really, it's hurt them from a field standpoint. Yeah, there's only so much that you can play. And, you know, and I I think... You know, as we started the conversation on the uh, Premier League, the Premier World Golf Tour, whatever they're going to call themselves, I think ideally there's more good players around now. And and, and it's a good idea to give everybody a good, you know, a fair chance to compete. But, Dan, there's how do you do that when, you know, you're going to lose relevancy with, you know, everything that Tiger holds near and dear to his – uh, heart is all based on PGA Tour records. They're all about, you know, his whole existence thrives around the things that he's accomplished on the PGA Tour and what he's still trying to accomplish on the PGA Tour. Dan, I know that you just had a really cool interview with Brandel Chambly. I don't want you to uh, spoil anything about your, <laughs> your interview that's going to come out, but he's a really thoughtful, uh, deep thinker, isn't he? Amazing. This is a guy that when we talked, you know, Randall and I talked, it was like two guys over a beer and we talked for north of an hour. And what was really neat about that conversation, and I I can't wait for people to see the first part of this, which will be, by the way, we're going to release it um, just before the WGC Mexico. uh, And it'll be on sportsbroadcastjournal.com. And what's really neat about this particular interview, I think, you know, look, I understand that Brandel gets asked a lot about the, 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 the most common things, whether it's Tiger, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed these days, you know, with, with the controversy that just happened, you know, down at the Hero World Challenge in December. I get that. And, and yes, there's a couple of those questions that people will be able to see. But what I really wanted to do with this interview is I wanted people to understand Brandel and what, what really makes him tick, why he is who he is. Because to me, I think he's the most important analyst in the game of golf going today. Wow. Wow. I had Brandel on the show. Brandel and I have known each other since we've been 15 years old. And we did a, I did a similar story last year 
uh, just trying to to let people take a glimpse in and see how well read he is, how how seriously he takes his job. He is not. I, I mean, he is. Uh, he, he grinds. Well thought. Yeah. He just simply grinds. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's, you know, that's this a good this is a guy it. who you know like like most of us right I mean you you have to go back to his childhood to understand what made him become who he is um, I think you, you would know better I mean but he he was my sense is is that look at Randall had a he had a pretty good career on tour he had many years inside the top 100 from a money making standpoint it was unfortunate why he left the tour. A terrible family tragedy uh, that that happened uh, when he lost a, a young child, and, and I think he was a little lost out there on the road. And he talked about that a little bit with me. But I think more importantly, his the way he forms opinions. If what what happens with Brando, unfortunately, sometimes is because his opinions are so strong, he's as polarizing as they come, as we know in the game of golf. But I think you don't have to agree with everything he says, certainly. But I think if you understood what gives him the basis for those opinions and how he forms his opinions. Very, very well thought out, uh, man. And, and I think, again, he's very important for the game of golf because, look, we've been talking all, you know, the last you know, several minutes about the challenges that golf faces, whether it's distance, whether it's other tours that are imposing, uh, you know, their potential will on, on the current tours. Look, this is a guy who I think gives very, very sound and reasonable thought to where golf is as a game here in 2020. Yeah, no question about that. Let's talk a little bit. Johnny Miller's out of the game, retired, had a great run. Always not my favorite, yep. uh, but always the most popular um, lead analyst. Give me your take on Nick Faldo, Paul Azinger, uh, and just kind of the, the I guess, well, you know, Zinger – crosses over from Fox and to NBC. So there's two networks. So there's really sure. only, you know, he and Faldo. And I think about the battles that those two had on the golf course and the rivalries that they had were, uh, were kind of fun. It's interesting now that they're really the only two ultra lead analysts in the game. You know, I'll start with Faldo if, if that's okay. Sure. Because I, I think that, I think Faldo, I think there's sometimes a little bit of hit or miss for me uh, when he's, when he's uh, in the power. I think uh, there are times, for example, during the Masters, he can be so good because obviously he's won there. He knows that course like, no, like not many others. He understands the seriousness of it. But the one thing that Faldo has, and, he's, and, he's, and, and actually both analysts have it because there's, they both have incredible play-by-play guys at the top. Um, Isn't know, that the truth? Wow, how important is that? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, look, Jim Nance to me is 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 the is the United States voice of golf, as far as I'm concerned. His his just he's got a certain ability to to make that audience just sit back, relax, and enjoy your next few hours because, and, and he does that with Faldo. He brings him along well. I do think Faldo, from time to time, though. Um, gets a little silly, uh, a little bit too silly in the booth uh, for me, and and it, it, it's 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 okay occasionally to have some fun. It's it's still a game, got to be fun. But I would like from from time to time to for for Faldo to put on the serious uh, voice a little bit more often. And quite frankly, he's a little bit more hesitant to put on that critical voice when when need be. Now I will say this, and 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 I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. I think Zinger's a star in the rising. I think this guy's I got to stop you before we go on the zinc because I got to ask you about Faldo because to me he seems unprepared. Yeah. I, I think yeah, well, I, and I and I think and I yeah I think that's where the silliness comes from sometimes uh, Jay I, I think that the, the there's an unpreparedness that he's he's just kind of there as Sir Nick Faldo and and you know he can kind of he can take it or leave it if he's there. But like I said, there are some events such as the Masters. He's he's ready to roll, and he, quite frankly, it's the Masters. You should be ready to go. Um, but that unpreparedness shows, and I, I think for the educated viewer or the golfer who is tuning in week in and week out, my sense is that they that they pick up on that. Oh, I that, that, I just wanted your take on that because I feel like you know here's a guy when he played wasn't silly at all. 
I mean, he was yep. absolutely all about business. He was a complete pain in the ass to play with. It was like playing by yourself, except it took longer. He didn't talk. He yeah, had snide comments. It was you know just just a complete pain in the ass. And then he gets in the booth, and I feel like most of his well, he breaks down a swing. It's 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 very general. I I just wonder yep. how engaged he really is. Well, and I think that's the, he, he, it's it, it's become to me. Uh, it, it's more of a name in the booth rather than the efficiency in the booth. And, yeah, good point. And I, and I think, if, again, if, if, if I was grading Nick on his work over the years, it would be probably at best a C plus, um, you know, maybe B minus. But, but again, a lot of that comes from, I have to say, Jim Nance being that steady hand in the booth. It, you know, it, what do they say about that? I guess they, they uh, you know, the tide will lift the boat. And, well, guess what? Nance can, can do an awful lot for a broadcast. Oh, man, I'll say. I'll say. And then go ahead with you your know. comments on Zinger. Yeah, I, I, look, it, he is an analyst just like he was a player. Tough, gritty, not afraid to take a chance. Will tell it like it is. You know, you talk about he's the word pain in the ass. I, I think he can – my guess is he, he – he can be a bit of a pain in the ass in the booth too. But guess what? He is really prepared. There's no question in my mind this guy is as prepared as they come as an analyst, as any analyst that's out there today. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I just uh, did a, an interview with Paul, and he's just so genuine, and uh, you know that he really cares yep. and gives a damn, and uh, it, it, it really shows. Man, Dan, yeah, I cannot I, believe – if, I was going to say, if I, if I may, real quickly, sure. I had a chance to talk with Paul. I had a chance to talk with Paul just before he went to the uh, the British last summer, and I'll tell you, this is this is a guy who was just coming off the U.S. Open, uh, a lot of things going on. You know, U.S. Open with Fox at that time. Then he had to get ready to prepare for the NBC booth, and boy, did he know that course last year. He knew what was ready to happen over there, and he he gave such a description to me. I was so thoroughly impressed. Uh, as how he was preparing for that British Open, I think he's he's a star for a long time in that booth. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I my hat's really off to him. I could sit here and talk to you about this stuff forever. I so appreciate your time, Dan. Tell all our listeners where they can find you, where they can read your stuff, where they can see this article that Brandel's coming out in. Uh, tell tell you got them, it. Tell so, them your stuff. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Jay. So the. Listeners can go to uh, Sports Broadcast Journal. That's all one word, sportsbroadcastjournal.com. And if you just want to learn a little bit about the sports broadcast industry and maybe see some really cool interviews, long-form stuff with, with people that are involved in the industry, uh, there's some just great content on there. And we're so uh, appreciative of, of, of having some time with you today, Jay, and all, and all the things that you're doing. But uh, sportsbroadcastjournal.com, I think, I think people will really appreciate what's going on, on over there. Guys, that's my buddy Dan Mason. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Jay, thank you, and I hope you have a great uh, rest of your week in St. Louis. Okay, that's going to wrap up the interview with Dan Mason Pearl. One of the things that uh, Dan did some uh, did a really fascinating interview just a while back on Brandel Chambly, and Dan has a different approach. He's been in sports his whole life and been involved with uh, – Carolina uh, Hurricane, just, uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, sports, radio and ESPN and things like that. But his, he, he, he does, he has a specific take on certain things that I thought was really interesting. And when we were talking about the distance, you know, what, what does that look like to you? And everybody's got their own, you know, the distance issue, meaning is the ball going too far? Is it making all these golf courses obsolete? And when I mentioned to him, why not make a hole shorter? Why not narrow it up where where the 320-yard drive goes and penalize the hell out of these players? Man, he he was talking about this old Donald Ross co- uh, course that he belongs to at Raleigh Country Club and how they were doing it, and he said, it's 7,200, not 76. It's 7,200. This golf course is going to be – it's going to be all you want. And so uh, there's so many different ways – to try to make the game interesting. But I feel like, and I mentioned this to Dan and he agreed, I feel like we're in this time where the entertainment factor is all based around birdies mm-hmm. and all based around 25 under pars. Does it need to be? 
I mean, I, I, I'm I guessing that there's a reason I'm guessing they do that because apparently that's what they're they're thinking uh, that, that people like. I love, and I think a lot of the courses are doing it now. They've got that short hole uh, in there. I think there's a lot of other ways to look at it. You and I have had this conversation through the years. It's just like when they used to do that, what was called Stapleford program at uh, in Denver, and they got away from it because the guys were kind of, you know, it was different. They're whining a little bit. I like trying to change it up a little bit, but I think like a lot of th- times you change things up, you got to run it for several years so people can follow it and they know what the hell's going on. Right, and, and everybody's first instinct to, you know, the, the change is the pushback, you know, and um, he had some interesting thoughts as well about the the USGA and kind of the, you know, the, we've talked about the coefficient of restitution. That's really a fancy word for the trampoline effect on the face of your driver. Uh, but it's nice for him to come on the show. He's got a, a good, fresh perspective, and um, he's uh, uh, always looking to add just kind of a little different um, uh, wave in it. That's I, important. I it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Important. Just like it. our show. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, for sure. We are, <laughs> we're different. Yeah, That's going to wrap up the back nine. Um, come back. We've got the uh, 19th hole. This is golf with Jay Delsing. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Don't miss your chance to see PGA Tour champion legends. Proceeds will benefit St. Louis area youth, including the Urban League, Mary Grove, the Boys and Girls Club, and more. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. For the last 48 years, Pro-Am Golf has been providing outstanding customer service to the greater St. Louis area for all of our golf needs. From top-of-the-line equipment to full-service club repair lessons and instructions. They now have their own retail outlet as well as state-of-the-art computers, cameras, and things to customize all of your personal club fitting needs. Pro-Am Golf carries all the major brands. They also have the latest fashion trends from Puma Golf. Whatever your needs, Pro-Am Golf will meet them and have the best customer service in the industry. Call us at 314-781-7775 or find us at ProAmGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. USA Mortgage has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. I want to thank Donahue Painting and Refinishing for supporting the show. When I was out playing golf, in my mind, I would see a picture that I wanted, and I'd try to hit the shot the way it was painted in my mind. The way you see your home is what Donahue Painting and Refinishing can make your home look like. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Sniper Brand Golf. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and this is the 19th hole brought to you by Sniper Golf. I have got to tell you folks just a little bit about Sniper Golf. There is a great new golf ball on the line. It's only $23 a dozen, and it's called Sniper Brand Golf Ball. Uh, you got to check it out. Uh, go to my website, uh, uh, or and reach out to me, or uh, go to sniperbrandgolf.com and, uh, and check it out. Uh, great logo too. So um, I ran into this article, really interesting article about tour players. And I thought you'd uh, love to hear it. So um, uh, I want to share this article with you about what PGA tour pros think. Oh boy! Could you imagine opening? No. A, uh, could you imagine opening a scarier even, door? Oh my god! No. <laughs> yeah. So I got some really cool things I want to fire at you. The first one was, you get to pick anyone you want in a bar fight. A PGA Tour player in a bar fight. Hello. You can pick anyone you want. Hey, who's that guy on tour? I know who I'm picking okay, from my well, generation. Wait a second. I think I and got No I, one else will know that. I don't think you that. picked this guy. Who is the guy that actually was on the tour, and I think he even won one tournament, and his nickname was something about a Frankie knife. the Blade. Exactly. Frankie I'm, the Blade. I'm picking Frankie the Blade because when you're in a, in Frank, a fight, not Frank, that I would Frank know. Licklider was his name, and he actually 
He pulled a knife on somebody. Yeah, he got in a fight. And if you're in a bar, and I had a buddy once upon a time who talked about this. He he would get in fights once in a while. He said he learned something real quick. He thought he was a tough guy until one night a guy pulled a knife and put it to his throat. He says, you know, I wasn't so tough anymore. He said, I I, I got out of that game really quick because I'm going to lose that game. Right. So you pick whoever you want. I want the guy with the knife. You're picking Frankie the Blade. All right, so the the group here picked, 22% picked the big easy. Isn't that funny? Because, oh, he, and you've told me this for a long time. He's not as mild-mannered. He is a great guy, but he is he is a big easy because his golf swing is so smooth and silky. He, he would, he's, he's been in a bar before. Let's just put it that way. But I will tell you, I'll never forget this. We're in the fitness trailer, and the late, great Payne Stewart, who had a needle for everybody he'd ever <laughs> seen and met before, was Which given, is well known on the tour. I mean, there's no a lot of needles question. out there. There's no, a lot of digging. Oh, there's tons. We'll, we'll see how thick-skinned you are. We'll yep. just dig until we get to the get to the bone. That's right. And he started giving it to Ian Woosnan. Ooh. Now, Woosie's five there? foot five. There? I was this. there. Oh, boy. And it got to the point where... How big is he? Five Woos- foot five. Okay. It got to the point where it wasn't funny anymore for one of those two. But now, set it up a little bit. Woosie... Fought. Woozy is Scottish, and the Scottish people have something they refer to as the Scottish kiss, and that is when you get headbutted oh, by a Scotsman. Okay. And Woozy's done that before. And um, this kind of banter was going back and forth just a little longer than Woozy was comfortable <laughs> with. And he got right up to about mid chest paint <laughs> Stewart. And said a few choice words to him, and this thing was diffused immediately. Because Payne wasn't going to take that on. Have you ever seen Payne moonwalk? <laughs> he backed right, right off. It well, was a smart uh, man because Woozy yeah. knew how to fight, right? He, he was a boxer of, yep. of some renown. I, I don't know about some renown, but he wasn't afraid. Right. And he had a lot of, he used all the resources that uh, <laughs> would come his way. There were some other interesting kind of... Um, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. First of all, a tour player in a bar fight. Really? Yeah. Normally, a tour player is going to be savvy enough to talk to oh, exactly. bar Move right on that's Grab what, the prettiest that's, girl and, uh, that, and leave. That's that's what um, I would have thought of trying to do something <laughs> like that. Um, Did I ever tell you about the bar fight I was in? What? Yeah. No. Well, what was the guy's first? I've seen you drop money in a bar fight. I've seen well, you, you slip and fall in a bar. I've seen you do a lot of things in a bar. I wasn't in a fight. You just saw me drop money and slip and fall. I wasn't fighting. Okay. Correct. This one, I was actually in. What was the guy's name? Gosh, dang it. Are we I, in college? We're in college. I'm at a buddy of mine, Kevin's. Uh, well, there you go. Bachelor party. Oh, so you're in, in Detroit? Birmingham, Michigan. Yep. We're in there. Of course, Kevin's uh, eighth sheets to the wind. Calls me to the front door. He said, hey, these guys are giving me a hard time. This one guy, Utley, played uh, lineman for the Lions, and he was on crutches. Remember oh, that, that guy? Yep. Was he Was he the guy that got paralyzed yeah, for a minute? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't yes. remember his his, uh, his first name. Um, but we get up there, and so I'm trying to defuse this situation. Next thing I know, one of Utley's little buddies does something, and I do something. Next thing you know, I'm in the air going up against the wall. Utley... Dropped those crutches, took about three steps to me in about mm, a quarter of a second. The next thing I know, I'm airborne. And the only thing that saved me, because he's on top of me, but there was a table between me and him, and he couldn't quite get me. And I'm, like, trying to stay under this table. And I'm like, oh, my God, get me out of here. He's going to kill me. Did somebody pick you up and throw you? Ali did. Picked me up and threw me. And From then, a sitting position? He picked no, you up I was standing. We were at the no, front door. No, not you. Was he sitting? No, he you was, said, uh, was crutches, crutches coming in oh, with so his Oh, so just buddies. kind of flinged you with yeah, one hand? Yeah, it wasn't much, but it was much to me. It didn't <laughs> take much energy from him. But that was, a, that was a scary time. And I can remember the next morning going like, you know, I feel so I'm embarrassed. I should have taken a swing at him. My buddy says, he would have killed you. <laughs> the only smart thing you did was not take a swing at him. Yeah, and you know what the weird thing is? I mean, I know you didn't play on tour, but you're also not listed here. It's anyone that would take you in a bar fight. So I think they're all pretty smart. That's great. Do you know who they said was the funniest guy on tour? Who's the funniest golfer on tour? They did not say Peter Jacobson because I think that's more generational. Yeah, the local guy Perez. No, they said Tim Heron. But Tim's more of our generation yeah, too. But Tim is lumpy. a fun, he's a funny guy. Is he funny? Lumpy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a fun, he's a funny dude. Um, all right, so a lot of this stuff uh, uh, centered around Tiger. 
How met, What percentage do you think the PGA Tour players said that Tiger would win a major in 2020? 10%. 60. <laughs> they know. They know they've something. Counted, they've counted about yep. too many times. They know something. And, and there's another funny question said, will Tiger be competitive at the Masters until he's 60? And they said, if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so um, if Tiger has an eight-footer to win the Masters. He wins. What what percentage of tour players say that he makes this eight-footer? 92. 100. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting a glimpse of what the tour players think of this guy's game, especially after um, winning. There was a kind of, they did kind of a funny one that said, will Rory ever win Augusta? And they said, yeah, if you guys will keep, leave him alone and quit asking him about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, best player of all time? Oh, man. 70-30. Tiger. Tiger. 70-30. Sure. The one thing that we talked about this time and time again, if he doesn't have this hell, yeah. okay, I don't know what else to call yeah, it, right. karma, you can call it whatever you want, he blows, he obliterates everything. John, everything. Every, every record that's Forever. ever been. Forever, at least our lifetimes forever. I was reminded of an interview Curtis Strange did of Tiger back 20 years ago. That's right. You sent it to me, one of my favorites, because in there he he talks about his burning desire to win, and it's all about winning and all this. And Curtis shrugs him off. A couple times. A couple times. You'll learn. And what is the commentator that's... Doing the inter- watching the interview that he gives, he goes, well, it's Curtis that had to learn. Yeah, yeah. And without that ten years of hell for Tiger, or six years, whatever it really, really, truly was, every single meaningful record on the PGA Tour is his. I think it, I think that interview was so much fun. That's why I sent it to you. And it's one of the things that we're getting to see because of all the stoppage of sports and stuff with all the challenge going on in the country right now. But that was just something fun to, to resurface. And I, you know what? I like, I like Curtis. I respect what he's done through his career. But it was so interesting because also, if you remember, it was kind of Curtis's group. When Once upon a time we looked at this, about 14 guys kind of came on tour about the same time. And they stayed there forever. Curtis, Jay Lanny, yep. Jay, yep. Kite, yep. Crenshaw, etc. And they kind of felt, we own a segment of this tour. Well, guess what? They owned it up until about then. and Until kinda... about 1996 when Tiger came on yep, board. Yep. And all of a sudden, they started getting bumped off yep. by uh, by guys like Tiger. Not just their numbers they couldn't play, but bumped off the leaderboard, bumped off who got attention, etc. Oh, my gosh. And he was winning. You know, he had 20 tournaments in the hopper and two and a half yeah. years or something yeah. crazy like that. I'm curious with your guys' perspective. Do you think the Tiger Woods story is better in the end if he never has that lapse of time and continues to demolish mm. records? Or is it better now that he had that break and then he comes back, did what he did here in St. Louis, wins the Masters? I'm going to say I'm going to say it's better the way that it is. First of all, you know, we all want to rewrite history. We can't. But everybody loves that underdog story. And the other thing is what we are seeing right now is a more human mm-hmm. Tiger Woods. We are seeing an entirely different side to him. If he steam- we may never have seen that side to your point. I, there's a lot if of value he steam- in that. If he steamrolls this PGA Tour record book like he would have, where's the karma? Yeah. And where's the, where's the reality? I love your point, Jay, because I, I think it is. At first, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a different guy. He's a different guy. You know what? He is a different guy, and it's been kind of fun, and I think it's it's shown a lot, and it's it's brought a lot more to the game, and you, hopefully you can keep on playing. That's such a great question, Meat. we got to let Meat ask nice. questions once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Who went, turned his microphone on? He went from, <laughs> he like, hero to villain back to hero. Yeah, yeah. right, and America loves that. Yeah, I, I mean, John Daly is one of the most – Popular players on tour has been for over 30 years. John's coming on the show, too, by the way. And what the reason is, American re- can relate so much yeah. to what he's doing yeah. and what he's done. Yeah, it was so, hard. To, it was hard, though, to watch and go through that piece. And it was hard on the game. It was hard on him. It was sad for the family. Yeah. Ugh. You know, in those ways, I wish it never would have happened. But I get you. I get you, Meet. I think... I think there's some pretty special things. Fortunately, he rose. Uh, it would have been god-awful if he never would have rose, and rose from that. 
Did you say Rosen? I did say Rosen. Hey, I don't point this stuff out when you make it. Okay, from now on, I'll point them out. Meet, every time we hear a little stumble over there, is there like a ping? We we need a dollar jar. Every time somebody stumbles, a dollar goes in. You better get a a bucket in front of Pearly. We need need a sound effect to it or something like that. I I do like that. I think think we should add that. Just that, no, like a a quarter, like a quarter's going into a jar sound effect. We want to, oh, okay. So we can hear it. Sound effect, I got you. Yeah. And uh, that's going to wrap up another show. Pearly, we've got another one in the books. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Meet, thanks for uh, taking care of us. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back here next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.